Welcome to Sunday Morning at Faith Assembly, featuring the ministry of Senior Pastor Phil Goss. We're glad you've joined us. Now, here's Pastor Goss. Pastor Steve, last week began this little series that we've entitled, God Speaks at Christmas. And we talked about a spokesman last week, a prophet, said he was going to be the light of the world. Well, we're going to look at another individual this week at who God spoke to. He spoke to a stepfather. A stepfather. That's what Joseph was. He wasn't the father of Jesus, literally. That was the Holy Spirit. But Joseph was chosen to be the stepfather of Jesus. Now, being a father isn't an easy thing. It's really pretty hard. Fathers get a bad rap so much. In fact, there's this story about a... um, little boy who was being put to bed by his mother during one of the Florida thunderstorms. The lightning was flashing and the thunder was roaring and the rain was beating down and it was just one of those nights and the mom tucked her little boy into bed and said, you know, said it's going to be okay and the little boy looks up at her and goes, mommy, could you sleep with me tonight? And she goes and chuckled a little and said, well, you know, I I can't. I have to sleep with daddy. There was a little pause, and then the little boy said, the big sissy. Uh, Dads just don't always get a great break. But we're going to look at a man who played an integral part of the story, and yet is kind of in the background of the story. And I want to begin with the importance of Joseph lineage, the importance of where he came from, because it sets up the whole story. It's critical to the story. Now, you and I, well, I, you know, lineage is, okay, big deal. I got a grandma, I got a grandpa, I don't need to know much more than that. However, if you live in my house and you have a wife like mine, we have a lineage that goes back a long way. Believe me, there's a lot of squirrels in the trees. <laughs> you know, it's just... Uh. But in the Jewish culture and in the Jewish history, it's important. It's critical. So I want to give you kind of a little history lesson, a little theology lesson, because Joseph was in the lineage of David. And about six, 700 years before Jesus was even born, Isaiah said these words. A child is born to us, a son is given to us, the government will rest on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end. Now, here's the important part. He will rule with the fairness and justice from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. The passionate commitment of the Lord to heaven's army will make this happen. Then the prophet Jeremiah, he says, The day will come, says the Lord, when I will do for Israel and Judah all the good things I have promised them. In those days, at that time, remember, five, six, seven hundred years previous, there will raise up a righteous descendant from King David's line. He will do what is just and right throughout the land. And in that day, Judah will be saved and Jerusalem will live in safety. And his name will be, the Lord is our righteousness. For this is what the Lord says. David will have a descendant sitting on the throne of Israel forever. Now that's a pretty big statement. The Jewish people knew this. 
they knew where the Messiah had to come from. And just so we understand that it has been, will be fulfilled, the book of Revelation tells us this in verse, chapter 5. It says, the 24 elders, said, one of them said to John, he said, stop weeping. Look, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the heir to David's throne, has won the victory. He is worthy to open the scroll and its seven seals. Revelation chapter 22, end of the book. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give this message to the church. Speaking to John, I am both the source of David and the heir to his throne, and I am the bright and morning star. He will reign on that throne forever. And so, Matthew chapter 1 begins. This is the record of the ancestor of Jesus the Messiah, a descendant of David and of Abraham. And if you're reading the Bible during this time, these are now the verses that you skip. So-and-so was the son of so-and-so was the son of so-and-so was the son of so-and-so, son and so-and-so and so-and-so. Names you can't pronounce. Names that just keep rolling on and, you know, it's just this genealogy that goes on and on and on. And finally, after chapter, verse 1, you get to verse 16, and it says, Jacob was the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. And Mary gave birth to Jesus, who is called the Messiah, now listen, here it is. All of those listed above include 14 generations from Abraham to David, 14 generations from David to the Babylonian exile. This would be like when you read the book of Daniel. And 14 from the Babylonian exile to the Messiah. Lineage. This person's from this person, from this person, prophesied, accomplished. In fact, when the angel appears to Mary, he says about Jesus, he'll be very great and he will be called the son of the most high. The Lord will give him the throne of his ancestor, David, and he will reign over Israel forever. His kingdom will never end. Folks, that is minutia that you and I kind of read over, but it is so critical to who Jesus Christ is and what he will do. He will reign forever. Luke chapter 2, because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea David's ancient home. And he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. Joseph was not chosen by chance. Joseph was chosen because he was in the line of David. And the prophet had said, this kingdom will never end. God made a promise to David. In fact, when you read the history, told David, you will reign as king, and your kingdom I will establish forever. Wow. So Joseph is the man. Joseph is the one that is chosen because of his lineage, because of his heritage, because of who he is. But then, because of that, we have this man who was called to live a life that was so different from everybody else's. 
Now, Joseph is kind of the forgotten guy in the Christmas story. In fact, I, I don't know of many Christmas hymns, that carols that you sing that even mention Joseph. You have Mary, you have kings, you have shepherds, you have the baby, of course. But Joseph, usually, he, he's just not there. In the Bible, if Joseph's words were written in blue, you would have no blue. We have no words from him whatsoever. We don't have him speaking. We don't have him saying. There's nothing about his death. All we know is that sometime after Jesus was 12, at 12, remember, they left him in the temple. That doesn't feel like a very good dad, does it? After a day or two, you know, at least you'd miss your kid after 10, 15 minutes. Although in some cases, you're glad I got some peace of quiet, so let's enjoy it while we can, right? They were told he go, they go back, they look for him when he's 12. Somewhat to where between then and between he's in his 30, 30, Joseph passes away. The only other mention of Joseph we have other than the Christmas story is a couple of references that people make and they're not very positive references because some of them say, we know who he is, he's the carpenter's son. He can't be this. You know, Jesus, he's a son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? And Joseph is this guy in the story that isn't at the front. He's at the back. He isn't the one who gets all the press. He gets very little. And in fact, when God speaks to Joseph, and by the way, and I'm gonna, we'll read it here in a moment, God speaks to Joseph the same way every time, in a dream. Others get angelic visits. Joseph gets dreams. He doesn't even get to name his son, which was a big deal. Remember when uh, John the Baptist was born and his father couldn't speak because he didn't had a hard time? And what are you going to call the boy? And he writes down John and go, why would you call him John? You don't have anybody by that name. He says, this is it. So in Matthew chapter 1, verse 18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother, Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. And he considered this, and the angel says to him, you know what? Joseph, let me talk to you. And he appears to him in a dream. Joseph, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. She will have a son. You are to name him Jesus. For he will save his people from their sins. And all of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son. They will call him Emmanuel, Jesus, God with us. While Joseph woke up, he did as the angel commanded. 
and took Mary as his wife. Now, the one thing you want to notice about Joseph as we go through this, Joseph's obedience is incredible. He has a dream. He acts. A little later, you know, he didn't have a sexual relation with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. In, in Matthew chapter 2, the wise men were gone. An angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, flee to Egypt with the child and his mother and the angel. You know, why are you doing this? Because Herod is going to search for the child and try and kill him. Herod puts out an edict. I want you to kill all the babies, all the children under two. God appears to him in a dream. Says, get the baby out of here. Go to Egypt. Now notice, that night. Now for you and I, okay, I'll write it down on my little notepad beside my bed so I don't forget it. I'll do it in the morning. Now, he gets the dream. He gets up. They go for Egypt. Child and Mary, his mother. And they stayed there until Herod's death, and this fulfilled what the Lord had spoken through the prophet, I called my son out of Egypt. Verse 19, when Herod died, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream again. This guy's getting to a place where maybe he doesn't want to go to sleep. Get up, the angel said. Take this child, his mother, back to the land of Israel, because those who were trying to kill the child are dead. And Joseph got up. There he is again, and returned to the land of Israel with Jesus and his mother. But when he learned that the new ruler of Judea was Herod's son, Archelaus, he was afraid to go there. And then after being warned in a dream, he left for the region of Galilee, and the family went and lived there in a town called Nazareth, fulfilled what the prophets said. He will be called a Nazarene. So this man gets dreams, instant obedience, does what God says. But did you notice as we went through that, Joseph was not called the dad. It's always the child and his mother. How does that make you feel sometimes when you feel like you're just a bit player in life? When you feel like you're in the background? when you feel like you're just kind of uh, along for the ride, when you do so much and yet you don't seem to get noticed? Because all of us have been there a time or two, haven't we? We do all we can to do what's right, and yet no one seems to take any kind of care whatsoever about what we're doing. And don't you sometimes just want to say, does anybody notice me? And you kind of feel like Charlie Brown at Christmas. So, how do you live life in the background? How do you live life when you're not number one? You're maybe just the stepfather. When all the story is about all the others and you're just kind of there doing your part and yes, you get some credit, but you get up, you move, you take your children here, you take them there, and yet it's not yours. What do you do? How do you do that? How do you go on in life when it just seems like no one notices? I'll give you a couple things. Number one, you keep doing what's right. You keep doing what's right. 
Now we have one sentence, we read it. I don't know if you paid attention to it. It was a very important phrase about Joseph that you and I read in this story. It said this, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man. Folks, in life, there is nothing that can be said of you better than you're a righteous person. The greatest compliment you can get is you're righteous. You're doing what's right. It doesn't matter if anyone notices. It doesn't matter what anyone says. He was a person of integrity. He did what the law required. In fact, there's some other phrases that you and I just kind of reese over because Christmas story, we just kind of focus in on some. But there's another part in Luke chapter 2 where eight days later when the baby was circumcised, so Jesus was born eight days later as it was a Jewish law. Joseph would have been the guy who instituted this, that we're going, let's go to the temple. You know, they named him Jesus. They did this even before he was conceived. They got that name. Then it was time for their purification offering. This would have been 30 days after the birth of Christ. It was required by the law of Moses. Joseph is the one who leads this. His parents took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. And the, law, the Lord says, if a woman's first child is a boy, he must be dedicated to the Lord. And so they offer the sacrifice required in the law of the Lord, either a pair of turtle duds or two young pigeons. This would tell you they were poor because the other sacrifice was a lamb. If you didn't have enough money for a lamb, you offered this. It was cheaper. It was queen. Thus, why many people believe that the wise men who came bearing gifts didn't come till later because if they had come earlier, they would have had money. So, 30 days later, Joseph is doing what the law requires. Why? Because he was a righteous man. His obedience to God was immediate. I don't know about you, I've had a few times when God has seemingly spoke to me in dreams, a vision, or something, didn't fully understand it. It takes real spirituality to be obedient to something you don't get. You don't understand. God, you want me to do what? God, I don't understand this. Because I would guess in this room, for all of us, there have been times in our lives when God has wanted us to do something that didn't make sense. That, you know, I feel like I should do this. I think God's speaking to me. I think this is what I should do. I'm not certain. I, I don't understand it. It doesn't make sense to me. I wonder what it'll be like. You know, I, I, I don't know. And yet this man has a dream Okay, let's go. He gets up, starts packing. By now, Mary's probably going, what now? But here's this man, a righteous man. A man who obeyed God immediately. So whether you're noticed or not, God calls us to be righteous people during this season to do what's right. Now, during this season, your righteousness will be tested. 
in traffic, in stores, in people. You know, you love having the grandkids around. But after about 15 minutes, your righteousness is tested. This is so good. And so here's this man. Wow, a righteous man. Speaks volumes about Joseph's character. Speaks volume to you and I. That in life, no matter what circumstance or situation we find ourselves, God calls us to live a righteous life. Obey immediately. When God calls, when God speaks, when the Spirit directs, obey. That's what you do. Secondly, you treat others with respect. Now, this is kind of just a continuation of his righteousness, but it it's, speaks volumes of Joseph because in the story that we read, Mary gets pregnant. Joseph finds out, and all of that happens before he's told about it. In other words, he hasn't had the dream yet. God hasn't spoke to him yet, and he finds out Mary's pregnant. Now, according to the Jewish law, there was a simple solution for this. The woman would be stoned to death. But here's what the Bible says about Joseph. He didn't want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. That's character. That's thinking of others more than you're thinking about yourself. That's putting others ahead of you. Because you and I can easily imagine the disappointment Joseph has. The feeling of betrayal, perhaps, that he's going through. The hurt. The pain. Because all of us have had hurt and pain in life, haven't we? Not fair. Just doesn't make sense. And yet, what does he do in the midst of all of that? What can I do so that she doesn't look bad? Others before self. A basic tenet of the gospel, isn't it? A basic tenet of Christianity, correct? I am to think of others more than I think of me, right? Right? Okay, because the first time was kind of (laughs) weak. To come to that place where I am willing to think more about what others feel, what others think, what happens to them, more than I'm thinking about myself. And so even though this isn't what I thought, by now all the families knew Let's just quietly deal with this in a manner so that we don't disgrace her in the community. Let's just let it go and we'll go on. Wow. 
your Christianity is tested. When you get disappointment in life, when you're treated unfairly in life, when things aren't going according to your plans and your hopes and your dreams, and you still respond with graciousness and concern for other people. Because I know at Christmas time for some people, it's a hard time because of all the family dynamics that come into play. It gets to be difficult. And yet, as Christians, it's others before me. Not simple, is it? But yet, when you're in a place where maybe you're not getting attention, there's a part of you that wants to cry out, notice me, see me, respect me, give me what I deserve, rather than okay, this isn't going the way I wanted. You've done something that is like a slap in the face to me. But I will still respect you so that you get grace and mercy in spite of the punishment you deserve. Isn't that what Christmas is about? Grace and mercy being born into this world the King, the Messiah, Jesus, mercy. Thank God we don't get what we deserve. And Joseph treated them with respect. Thirdly, remember that your part is necessary. See, you might be thinking nobody notices You might be thinking nobody cares. But Joseph's part was very critical. That lineage thing, that was important. That had to happen. He was the one who could do that. And even though maybe he doesn't get the recognition that all the others in the Christmas story get, his part was vital. So you might be in a place in life when you feel like, you know what? I'm not getting the recognition I deserve. Not, nobody's noticing. Look at all this food I cooked, and I'm the only one who cooked it in the kitchen, and I'm the only one who did it, and now everybody ate, and now they're falling asleep somewhere and watching some stupid football game someplace, you know? And here I am cleaning up in the kitchen. It's not fair. And here it is, I spent all this money on these gifts, and all these kids do is play with the wrapping paper and the cardboard. They don't even care and notice how much I've done and sacrificed for them. You're right, they don't. But your part is important. It matters. I had a grandma who was a single mom. Uh, Her husband left her when my dad was 10. She never remarried, lived with, by herself with my dad and his sister. And every time we could, we went to grandma's house. By this time, grandma was living alone. She worked a menial job. And yet, every Christmas, she gave me the best presents in the world. 
She had nothing, but she gave. And the part she played was necessary in my life. Giving when, you know, she gave it to, you know, all the grandkids. So it was me and my brother and sister and my first cousins. There was five of them. Five kids, lousy family. Five kids. So there's eight of us. And she didn't just give little tokens wrapped up. You know, she didn't spend the year knitting and give us some little knitting thing. She gave us toys. Big toys. All of us. And here she labored in obscurity. And most people wouldn't even notice her. But the part she played mattered. And no matter where you're at today, whether anybody's noticing or not, or whether you feel like what you do is not even cared about, God notices. In fact, in Corinthians, he tells us this, some parts of the body that seem the weakest and the least important are actually the most necessary. So you might be in a place where it seems like nobody cares, nobody notices. It doesn't matter what I do. It does. Notice that your part, no matter how it's played out, is needed in life. And you might think no one notices for a moment and nobody cares. But I got great news for you. Someday, a reward will come. God notices. God cares. And he uses the people that other people think, well, you know, how important are they? What do they matter? And he uses those people to do what needs to be done to meet the needs of other people that might not ever say thank you, that might just walk away, but yet it's still valuable. And sometimes you and I can serve and we can do what we know we're supposed to do and we don't get a thank you. We don't get encouraged. And it seems like all we get is more problems. But your part is necessary. And God takes notes. God never forgets. 1 Peter 1.9 The reward for trusting him will be the salvation of your souls. Okay, let's go home. I mean, what greater reward is that? Huh? This salvation was something even the prophets wanted to know more about. So when they spoke about Jesus, the Messiah, the Virgin, they were speaking these words. They didn't understand them. What's going to happen? How's this going to happen? What would this take place? And they were saying things and speaking out truth that they weren't even sure about. But yet they wanted to know more about it when they prophesied about it, about the salvation that was being prepared for you. They wondered what time the salvation, the spirit of Christ within them was talking about. And when he told them in advance about Christ's suffering, and his great afterwards, they were told that their message was not for themselves. Sometimes the message you get is not for you. It's for others. 
We want it to be for us, don't we? And now this good news has been announced to you by those who preached in the power of the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. It's also wonderful that even the angels are eagerly watching these things happen. Let's see how this plays out. Let's see what transpires. God will use people and put people into places time and time again that seemingly are insignificant, that seemingly in the background, no one sees, but they serve. No one sees, but they keep obeying. They keep doing what's right. God notices, and it will make a difference. First Timothy 1.15, I love this passage. It's a trustworthy saying, everyone should accept it. Christ Jesus came into this world to save sinners, and I'm the first in line. I'm the first in line. But God had mercy on me so that Christ Jesus could use me as a prime example of his great patience. Aren't you glad God's got patience with you? For even the worst of sinners and others will realize. What? Others will realize? Others? That they too can believe in him and receive eternal life. They watch. They'll see. God is not unjust. He will not forget how hard you've worked for him and how you have shown your love to him, caring for other believers as you still do. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. Don't give up. Don't quit. Your life matters. And you might think nobody knows. You might even think that this world would be better off without you. I'm here to tell you today, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't be. Because even though it seems like you're not making a difference, even though it seems like you're just along for the ride, even though maybe your life is like Joseph's where it's just kind of, here I am, I'll do what God says, and the rest of the time, God will be faithful. God will take care of us. You may be in the background as Joseph was, but you will still have an impact. You may think you're forgotten. You may think no one notices but God knows and he will use you for his purpose and for your good. So be like Joseph, a man who fulfilled God's purpose for him in this life and God used him in a mighty way. 
God will use you the same way. Oh, you might not get on the television. You might not have all the fanfare. You might not get all the thank yous. And it might seem like you're just doing the same mundane thing over and over and unappreciated. But God appreciates it. And God will use you where you are. Just keep being faithful. Be the righteous person. Obey immediately. Treat others with the respect they deserve and know that your part, no matter how big or how small, matters. And God will reward you. Let's pray. Lord, this morning, we come to this great story, Christmas. Lord, we read about a man who you used, who the Bible ends up talking about the mother. She plays the main part, but yet you used him. He fulfilled his purpose. What a great man, man of integrity, a man of righteousness. So Lord, as we're in this season, would you help us to be people who are righteous, who obey, who serve no matter whether we're noticed or not. We reject the thoughts that come when we think we're not needed or not appreciated. We reject the thoughts that think that we're forgotten and nobody cares because we know better than that. There is no part that is unimportant in the body of Christ. And we thank you for the life that we get to live, for where you have us today, and for how you will use us in the scheme of things. Thank you for knowing us Thank you for loving us. Thank you for for forgiving us. Thank you for using us. Thank you for this season and the grace and mercy that you offered to us. Help our lives to be lived like Joseph's, I pray. In thy name, amen. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If you would like to talk with someone about what you've heard, please visit our website at faith.ag or call us at 239-543-2700. If you're in the Fort Myers area and don't already have a church home, you're invited to join us for Sunday morning at 815 and 1045 a.m. Faith Assembly is located at 7101 Bayshore Road. Join us again next week for Sunday morning. Faith Assembly Sunday Morning is a production of Faith Assembly Media Tech, North Fort Myers, Florida.